When I go to the doctor and I know that I'm going to get a shot, I get squeamish and I almost want to avoid going to the doctor altogether. Same is true of any trials or painful experiences in our life. If we know that they're coming, we will do anything we can do to avoid them, to avoid pain. But as we'll see in our episode today and in our reading in the Bible today, Jesus did the opposite. He knew what painful experience he was walking into. He knew what was going to happen to him. And he willingly went to Jerusalem, willingly went through this week, knowing full well that on Friday he would be crucified. And I hope that that encourages our faith in him and causes us to love him all the more. I'm so glad that you've joined me today on Audacious Arrows, where we're becoming recklessly bold men and women of faith through the power of God's Word. So in the book of Matthew, the last few episodes, we have covered quite a bit of Jesus' teaching. He's been talking about um, the final judgment, his return, his second coming, you could say, um, and he's been teaching his disciples through parables and those things. Our reading today is going to start out with a phrase, when Jesus had finished all these sayings. In other words, he's done talking, and now we're going to hear kind of the action points of the story of what's going to happen. And from here through to the end of the book of Matthew, um, it's going to be more action and less teaching. So today we're going to read about some of the events that were leading up to the Passover supper with his disciples. For context to help us understand what's happening in this passage, we need to understand a little bit about what the Passover supper was. So way back in the Old Testament, when Moses led the people out of Egypt, God's people were enslaved in Egypt. When he led them out, remember there were those 10 plagues and the last plague was the death of all of the firstborn all over Egypt, of all of the Egyptians, the Israelites, the animals, everyone. The angel of death was going to sweep through Egypt and kill the firstborn of everybody. And what were God's people supposed to do? They were supposed to slaughter or kill a lamb, take its blood and paint it around the frame of their door, the lintel and the doorposts, and then they were to eat that Passover lamb. Right after that happened is when God freed the people from their slavery in Egypt and Moses led God's people out into the wilderness, out of Egypt. So that was the first Passover supper. From that point on, the Israelite people, the Jewish people, were supposed to celebrate the Passover meal. Sometimes it's also called the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And they were to celebrate that every single year to remember what God had done for them. In our reading today, it's also called the Feast of Unleavened Bread because during the Passover feast, they were supposed to eat only bread that had no yeast in it. That was very important. In fact, some of the traditions and the kind of the rules for how they were to celebrate Passover meant that they were supposed to prepare for Passover by cleaning out their house and cleaning out any leaven that was in their house. So they'd go and sweep the corners of their house um, to get rid of leaven and they would eat unleavened bread and they would have roasted lamb and wine, and that was what they ate during the Passover meal. Okay, a couple other things for context is that we need to know who Judas Iscariot is. We're going to hear about him quite a bit. He was one of the 12 disciples, 
Um, he was the treasurer among the disciples, so that meant that, you know, there was this group of people following Jesus, and they shared resources. So they had some money, and they had someone who was kind of in charge of the money. It'd be kind of like if you went around with a group of your friends, and one of you was going to carry the purse. And that's who Judas was. So he was kind of in charge of their money. He was their treasurer. And I think we're going to see clearly that that was a pretty important role for him. Also, keep in mind that up until this point, as we've been reading in the book of Matthew, we have seen Jesus talk several times about what was going to happen. He told his disciples many times ahead of time that he was going to go to Jerusalem, that he would be handed over to the chief priests and the elders, he would be crucified, he would be killed, he would be buried, and that he would rise again. So as we read through these events, I want you to remember that none of this was a surprise to Jesus. He knew all of this was going to happen ahead of time, and he walked straight into it. Surely, if he didn't want to, he could have avoided being crucified. But it's clear when we read this story that we know he intentionally laid down his life for us. So we're going to read, we're going to start in Matthew, and it's chapter 26. So find the book of Matthew, and then find the big number 26, and that's where we're going to start. When Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said to his disciples, You know that after two days the Passover is coming, and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Then the chief priests and the elders of the people gathered in the palace of the high priest, whose name was Caiaphas, and plotted together in order to arrest Jesus by stealth and kill him. But they said, Not during the feast, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now when Jesus was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment, and she poured it on his head as he reclined at table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, Why this waste? For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Truly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. Then one of the twelve, whose name was Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and said, What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they paid him thirty pieces of silver. And from that moment he sought an opportunity to betray him. Now on the first day of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus, saying, Where will you have us prepare for you to eat the Passover? He said, Go into the city to a certain man and say to him, The teacher says, My time is at hand. I will keep the Passover at your house with my disciples. And the disciples did as Jesus had directed them, and they prepared the Passover. When it was evening, he reclined at table with the twelve, And as they were eating, he said, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. And they were very sorrowful and began to say to him one after another, Is it I, Lord? He answered, He who has dipped his hand in the dish with me will betray me. The Son of Man goes as it is written of him, but woe to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. It would have been better for that man if he had not been born. Judas, who would betray him, answered, Is it I, Rabbi? 
He said to him, You have said so. Well, let's walk through this and get some meaning out of what we just read. So one thing to note as we read is how many places it's indicated that this was no surprise to Jesus. This was planned. Jesus has already talked to his disciples many times. We see that in verse 2. You know that after two days the Passover is coming and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. Jesus has been talking about this with his disciples for weeks now and preparing them that he will, when we go to Jerusalem, I will be handed over and I will be put to death. This has been planned since the beginning of time. Way back in the book of Genesis, when God told Eve that there would be an offspring that would crush the head of the serpent. During that initial, the very first Passover, when they were all sacrificing their lambs to avoid death, um, it was planned way back then that Jesus would be the sacrificial lamb for our sins. That first Passover and every Passover that had ever been celebrated was a pointer pointing to Jesus, that he was going to come and he was going to be the perfect lamb that would die in our place so that we don't have to die. And it's clear as we read through this account of Jesus's final days um, that he went willingly to Jerusalem. He went willingly toward the cross. This podcast is called Audacious Arrows because we want to be bold men and women of faith. Well, the most audacious arrow ever to live was Jesus. What boldness that he would walk into a death like a crucifixion knowingly and willingly for you and I. He had never done anything wrong in his whole life. He went and was an innocent, innocent sacrifice for you and for me. And there's no greater example of audacious courage than Jesus Christ himself. So we'll see that as we read through this. Then we have these chief priests and elders, and they're meeting in Caiaphas's palace. Now note, Caiaphas was a Sadducee. It doesn't say that in Matthew, but he was. And so he didn't believe in a resurrection of the dead. So his philosophy would have been, this life is all there is. Let's eat, drink, and be merry because... Once we die, it's over with. And he was probably pretty politically involved with the Romans. And clearly, he was wealthy. He had a palace. But that's just interesting to note. Um, These chief priests and elders in Caiaphas are deciding, they're plotting to kill Jesus. They they have a plan to put him to death, but they don't want to do it during the Passover meal. During the Feast of Passover, there would have been tons of people in Jerusalem. People would have come Jewish people from all over would have come to Jerusalem to celebrate this feast. So there was lots of crowds, and they didn't want an uproar. But we'll see. Is it going to happen according to their plan? Absolutely not. It's going to happen according to God's plan. So it is going to happen during the Passover feast, whether or not these chief priests and elders like it. The next thing we have is um, this woman anointing Jesus with her very, very expensive ointment. The books of Mark and John both tell us that this ointment was probably valued at 300 denarii. So one denarii is like one day's wages. So 300 days wages is what this ointment is valued at. So think about how much money your dad makes in a year. And if he were to spend an entire year's money on one bottle of perfume, that's what this would have been like. It was probably this woman's greatest treasure, earthly treasure, but she pours it out 
on Jesus because she loves Jesus even more, right? And the disciples are, they're upset about this. They think it's wasteful. We could have sold that and given it to the poor. We're just dumping it out on Jesus's body. The book of John tells us specifically that Judas Iscariot was the disciple that was asking that question, which I think is interesting. But Jesus's response is that she's done a beautiful thing. She is preparing his body for burial. And he says, you'll always have the poor with you. You won't always have me. You know, more than loving the poor, more than an expensive bottle of ointment, Jesus is our greatest treasure. And this woman, I think, understood that. So the next scene we have is Judas. After this, he goes and he betrays Jesus. He goes to those chief priests. What will you give me if I deliver him over to you? And they pay him 30 pieces of silver to betray our Lord. Then the disciples get ready for the Passover. And when they sit down to eat it together, Jesus knows ahead of time. In verse 21, he says, Truly I say to you, one of you will betray me. It was no surprise to Jesus that Judas betrayed him. He knew ahead of time. The disciples are upset about this and they're asking. And then Judas finally asks, Is it I, Rabbi? And Jesus says, You have said so. So it was no surprise to Jesus. Let's take a close look at verse 24. It says, The Son of Man goes as it is written of him. The Son of Man, Jesus, is going to die just as it has been written about him all throughout the Bible, right? It's no surprise. But then he says, But woe, great distress to that man by whom the Son of Man is betrayed. Judas is still guilty of betraying Jesus, even though it, even though it was known from the beginning that this would happen. And woe to Judas for betraying Jesus. We'll see more about that as we keep reading in the book of Matthew. All right, let's talk about our memory verse for this week. We have a new one, and it's a psalm, and I think it's perfect because this is our response as we read about our great salvation that has been bought by the blood of Jesus. This is our response. It's in Psalm 96, and it's verses 1 through 3. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord. Bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. What's our response when we read about this magnificent Jesus who audaciously, courageously went to the cross for us? It's to sing and praise him and to tell of his salvation. I'm glad that you've joined me on Audacious Arrows again, and I look forward to the next few episodes where we walk through the last days of Jesus's life on earth and really see and learn what a great Savior we have. By way of reminder, in the description box, there's links to memory verse cards and information about a drawing that will take place at the end of March for an ESV children's Bible. So you'll want to check that out, and we'll see you next time.